Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? It's Monday, it's the flagship show, but it's me doing the intro, which means there's no stocks. Stocks has uh, pulled a, a late injury, bless him. He's, uh, he was fit to go, but he had a bit of a croaky voice and he feared he, he wasn't going to come across very clear and he reckons he didn't sound great. And given his, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word for it, but I guess uh, resolute determination to making sure the power, the pod always sounds great. He uh, even includes himself in that. So uh, he has uh, unfortunately decided that he might be around later in the week. Um, maybe he does a pod then, but um as always, I'm never alone. Uh, with me, got a voice. If you were listening last week, uh, the voice will sound very familiar. But it's uh, it's none other than uh, the Mike Davis to my Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> I'm saying that because he's a Panther fan, not because I think I'm as good as Christian McCaffrey, by the way. But it's it's Rob. Rob is our writer. If you've been following our work, he's been writing some killer articles. He did a great job last week on the Wave of Wire pod with Pitsy and then on the matchups pod. He's definitely delivered you some Ws over the weekend. But Rob, thanks for coming and joining me and uh, bailing me out of a jam and doing a Mike Davis. I'm sure you know, that level of performance is, is now the bar. It's, it's being expected on you. So no pressure. Oh, well. Thanks for having me. I, that is a, a nice part to be held at because, you know, we've all seen how Davis has been doing in McCaffrey's stead. And hey, if I can keep that performance, then then that's something brilliant. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure you will. I've got every confidence. And and if not, then, you know, we can always go down the route of uh, Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov with you. We'll see what <laughs> happens, you know, really. That's the kind of level that we've got in the NFC South now. It's it's either firings or success, but I reckon you'll, you'll, you'll do well. Um, I jest, of course. Just before we get into the show, um, you recently joined the BFFL structure. I spoke to you about it what, say about two weeks ago now. I know you had your mm. first game. This week, um, I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank um, Neil Simmons, who's the commissioner of the whole league, right? So a lot of our listeners are in the BFFL because mainly I'm uh, matchmaked and put a lot of people in in the structure as he kept expanding. I kept saying, don't expand, don't expand, don't expand. And he, um, he's expanded um, to five leagues. There's about 80 teams in it with promotion and, and relegation. And, and I just want to start off with him because he... He's built an incredible league. It's not your traditional league. It's not hosted on a platform. It's hosted on Google Sheets. And with all the trials and tribulations of COVID and games being postponed last minute, um, a lot of the waiver wires are done manually. And I know that he spent 
many, many hours, along with Richard Price, who I know is probably listening as well. And if he's not, then I'll um, make sure to pull him up and, and make sure he is. Um, <laughs> but I know that the two of them work incredibly hard. And um, yeah, I know that the weekend wasn't a lot of fun. And, you know, with, with Neil, what's, what's really special is he doesn't actually have a team in the league. So, really? yeah, he really doesn't have a team in the league. So there's 80 teams. Not one of them is his. He is purely putting this on for everybody else, for everybody else to have fun and the entertainment of it, because that's how he enjoys fantasy football is he has a couple of teams here and there, but overly he does this because he wants to meet people, build a community, build a great league. Right. And that ultimately is the kind of guy he is. And he spent many hours over the weekend. He's made some changes, which I, you know, people might like, people might not like, I, I think either way you've got to support it because it's, it's about having a balance in fantasy football, but I just want to give him a shout out because I know he does a lot of work and a lot of people are very grateful in the league. Some people haven't been and have left, but ultimately um, just a massive shout out to you, Simo, you're a great commission. Uh, you've done a great job. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go follow British uh, fantasy football league on, on Twitter. I think it's uh, uh, British FFL, I think at British FFL, I think it is, uh, or follow Simo's world on, on Twitter. One of the two you'll find it, or just follow any of my main retweets and that but how, how are you getting on the week uh this week your first week as uh gm you're gonna win um well currently playing the sheffield steelhawks who are top of the league i've been keeping a close eye on the scoring and how the play has been developing potentially there's still a chance that i will come out with a win in the first week i mean all credit to simmo for doing what he did last week you know getting me the first win for the cumberland coyotes but um there's still Justin Herbert and Joey Bosa yet to play for my team. And the Steelhawks have still got Keenan Allen to play. So Ooh, there's there's quite a tough dilemma I've got going on there. It's like I want him to do too well, but Keenan Allen is, is a favourite target of, of Herbert at the moment. So it's it's looking in the balance. But I, I know exactly what you mean about Simo and Richard. Like The conversations that we had when you hooked me up, um, nothing but positive and... The, the interactions that they've got with the, the fellows in the WhatsApp group, the BFU North group, have been so genuine, so heartfelt. There's, there's a really nice community that's building up there between, between everyone, and it's really nice to be a part of it. Absolutely. And maybe one day you'll join me in the BFFL top, top division. And I know all about first place since I'm the only undefeated team left in the BFFL and yeah. <laughs> hoping to move to 5-0. and um, So... You know, I'm famously known for we had uh, videos, draft videos that we did and people made some really, really creative videos. And I'm just the least creative person that um, exists, basically. Um, so I just got Ross Tucker to do mine. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I remember seeing that video and going, wow, that is. Was it Alvin Kamara? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's, that's how rememberable it was. It was. Yeah, it was Alvin Kamara. That's it. He's uh, he's worked out for me very nicely, and a big that's reason impressive. why I'm four <laughs> hoping to uh, move to fire over this week. I've got my good friend Ben Rolf this week. Um, my team's done all right. Uh, might hit two hundred, and I think if I hit two hundred, that might be a bit much for for Ben. But it depends what Kamara does tonight, and then what happens with the Titans and Bills game tomorrow. But we'll we'll leave it to there. Um, and another shout I want to give is to mm-hmm. the man who's normally behind the glass, Lee. Uh, he had a, uh, a baby girl, Olivia, last week. I'm not sure if it was mentioned. I hadn't actually listened to the pod with Stocks or um, or Tom. And Tom, thanks for covering me. And apologies, I've not listened to that. I haven't had as much time on holiday as you would think. It wasn't a holiday when you take a <laughs> one-year-old away. Um, and you've got that to, to come with you. So <laughs> apologies, I'm going to listen to it tomorrow. But if it wasn't mentioned, Lee... Uh, our man who does the YouTube, all the videos, all the uh, animations, graphics, everything you see. He had his lovely little girl, uh, Olivia, last week. So Mazel Tov uh, from all of us here and and uh, hope. I'm glad she's at home now and you, you can enjoy that time with her. It's a, it's a very precious time. So uh, massive shout out to you, Lee. We love you all and uh, hope you're all comfortable and, and doing well. Yeah, it must be very exciting. Dan. Yeah, <laughs> it's also a time that, there's no sleep so as much as it's <laughs> exciting it's tiring i can just about remember what the, what those first few weeks are like so uh enjoy not sleeping my friend but <laughs> uh, nevertheless enjoy the cuddles um so let's move into some news that's happened over the weekend so you're a panthers fan i kind of alluded to it i'm a buccaneers fan and you know there's nothing that enjoy i enjoy more than watching other nfc 
South teams suffer. And uh, But having said that, I don't like to see people lose their job. But I think the inevitable happened. And after, you know, your ruthless Panthers utterly destroyed, you know, you, you didn't leave any meat on the bone. And, and, you know, if you'd beaten them by a point, late kickoff or, you know, late field goal, Dan Quinn might still have a job. But no... Uh, you know, your pummeling of, of the of the Falcons has led to Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov uh, being removed from Atlanta and former Buccaneers coach, uh, Washington defensive line coach and uh, current, well, he was the current DC uh, uh, Atlanta. Raheem Morris takes uh, takes the reins in the interim. They, they kind of intimated it's to the end of the year. I guess we'll see what happens there. What, what are your thoughts to... Dimitrov and, and Quinn getting fired uh, yesterday as a result of the defeat to the the Panthers. Well, not just that, the fact they're 0-5 really is yeah. a bigger part of the conversation. I think the 0-5 the part has to be a big reason why they, they lost their jobs. You know, the leads that they've lost over the last few weeks, especially against teams like the Bears, you know, the, the Cowboys one was um, quite a controversial finish, shall we say, with the onside kick. Um, but then... With the defeat to the Bears as well, there had to be questions being asked. And, you know, the Panthers were probably a really good uh, yardstick to measure against. You know, a rebuilding team, a new quarterback in a, in a lead role, uh, a what might be considered a, a reserve running back in Mike Davis. But, you know, obviously he's proven himself more more times over this season already. Mm. Um, and then to come away with such... Uh, a disheartening defeat, really. I mean, yeah. not for the Panthers, heartening for us. But, um, you know, I think the writing was on the wall after the uh, the final whistle went. Yeah, 100%. I think um, I think it was pretty obvious. Um, and, you know, this isn't just this season. You know, if it was just this season, you'd be given time. But since the Super Bowl, you know, they, they've been pretty atrocious, um, didn't make the playoffs uh, in any of the years since they went to the Super Bowl. You've got that famous collapse in the Super Bowl. Um, last season, I think last season, Dan Quinn should have been fired. As much as I don't like to call for people's jobs, unless they're my team, and I feel like I'm slightly more invested to to do that. Um, I do feel that he should have gone last season. But, you know, um, he appointed Raheem Morris as DC. Their, their, their defense got better and they actually won. They went six and two in the final eight games of the season. And, and that saved their jobs because it's like, oh, well, look what next season could be like. Um, but, of course, going 0-5, you're not going to... You know, even if you rebound six and two in the final eight games, you're going to struggle to make the playoffs with the Saints, the Buccaneers, and and now you know you're three games behind Carolina. Well, you're three games behind everyone in the division. You could be four behind the Saints in first place. That's a hard hole to get out of when it's three teams. If it's one team, you're like mm, maybe, but it's just not going to happen. So um, I think it was right to to dismiss them and Dimitrov. Um, you know, I've had the pleasure of listening to him quite a lot in independent uh, interviews. Uh, he's been on Move the Six a few times. I find him a very intelligent bloke. Find him, he's got a lot of knowledge. But you know, you can't go out and have the free agency they did and getting all these sort of quote unquote first round pick players where they were drafted and and go zero and five. You know, they they're in serious salary cap issues um, to the point where I don't know how they get out of it. They they literally have to let a lot of people go. But they've got so many players under contract next season. As it stands right now, they wouldn't be able to sign their draft picks next season. And they've got to free up like an extra 50, 60 million. Like they're in real cap trouble. Um, so I'm not surprised that they, they've gone. And, you know, Raheem Morris, you know, I, I remember him as a coach of the Buccaneers. He did great things with, let's say great things, uh, Josh Freeman. Um, you know, he had a 10-win season as Buccaneers head coach. Um, my criticism of him is he's too nice. But when you're an 0-5 team and you're struggling, and you're really struggling, you need someone to come in and change the mindset to lift the doom and gloom. And I think Raheem Morris over Dirk Cutter is the right decision for that. If you're going to stay internal, I personally would have hired Jim Caldwell. I think he would have been the perfect player. We, we saw what he did in um, Detroit, took over a, a terrible franchise that was going nowhere and stood into the playoffs. And, it, you know, he was the victim of his own success in the end. And I think Jim Caldwell deserves another chance in the NFL and if I was going external, that would have been the appointment I made. But internally, I understand Raheem Morris, especially over Dirk Cutter, who just, he's not a good people manager. And when you clearly, the team are not cohesive, they're not joined yeah. together. You need to have someone who's going to um, at least bring them all together and show them some love. I think he, he's the right person to do that and maybe 
try and rebuild, but I don't think he's the guy long term. He's not the guy I'd give the job to next season. But for this season, I, I totally get it. Thoughts? Do you think that's fair? Or uh, I think it is fair. And you know, five five games down now, it's difficult to see whether or not you can even mount a return to get any positive record. So it's it's a good. It's fair to give him the rest of the season and see what happens, and then um, see what the situation is when it comes to the end of the season. But because they, it's, always, yeah, it's always a hard one to. Yeah, they, they have, and they've shown them a good football team. They have players they can put up points. The defense hasn't done the job, which ironically is what Raheem Morris has been looking after. But mm. I guess we'll see what happens uh, the rest of the season. You know, I think for me, if you were to set a win total, Raheem Morris to keep the job, it's got to be six wins minimum. Mm. Which is going to be quite uh, well t- with ten games left, eleven yeah. games left. It's um, it's a high bar to set, but like you said, they have got the players. Who can do that? Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of firings, and this is a bit late, um, but we haven't talked about it on the pod, I don't think. Bill O'Brien being fired as head coach and GM. Uh, Romeo Cornell has stepped in. He's now the oldest ever coach of an NFL game, head coach of an NFL game. Um, he broke that record on Sunday, which they, you know, they, you know, they won the game on on Sunday against the Jaguars. Um, and you know, they've got. Um, Easterby as the temporary GM, I think, or whatever. I don't know what his official job title is. It's not officially GM, but he's going to oversee the search of the GM. It's a very strange mm. power dynamic there. Um, obviously, a lot of criticism fired at him for being 0-4. I thought his firing was strange. In what way? It's easy to say, right? They've gone 0-4. And you go, right, that's not good enough. But the Texans... You know, they won the division last year. They've won, was it six of the last eight? They've won their division. They were in the playoffs. They, you know, won a playoff game last year. They were in the final final eight teams in, in the NFL. Um, you've made Bill O'Brien the GM. So you made him the GM in the summer. Um, you, or, you know, before the draft, you've allowed him a draft to pick his players. You've allowed him to trade away DeAndre Hopkins. You've allowed him to re-sign um, their their left tackle um, to a, a big extension. You've allowed him to make roster moves, um, re-sign you know a number of players, pay Watson, um, and then he starts out the season playing the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Steelers. None of those were heavily disrespectful losses. They didn't get beat by 30, 40 points. There, you know, yeah. they're three great teams. Um, so it's unfair to judge him on those three defeats. And then, you know, he loses his fourth game. I think to sack him then is a bit a bit of a shame, given some of the games they've got coming up on, on the schedule. I just think it's strange that you've given him that kind of power and then you're taking it away. Um, that's why I think it's strange. I, don't, I wouldn't say it's totally undeserved, but at the same point, I, I just don't think you can give people that kind of power and not even give them time to implement any form of a plan. That's why I think it's strange, but you know what? What do I know? Um, I mean, if if Dave Caldwell can keep his job in Jacksonville and Bill O'Brien gets fired for that, then I don't know. <laughs> Just change the world. Um, moving on to some of the, the the news that came out of the last uh, twenty four hours. Uh, probably the big one is Dak Prescott is likely out for the season. Uh, versus is it looks like it's a compound right ankle fracture. He's had surgery. Apparently, it's been successful. Um, even though they did win the game against the Giants and Andy Dalton came in, it does look like he's out and he's out on the franchise tag. So, I mean, what would it, it, it look like a horrific injury at the time? And it looks like it's been confirmed, but it's a big loss to the Cowboys. Uh, originally, I didn't think that anything was wrong until the camera kept its focus on it. Um, I thought he was so very composed while he was on the ground getting his treatment as well. Um, and it seemed like it was only when he got onto the car and all the players came over and it was nice to see Jason Garrett go over and, and check on him as well um, and that's when the emotions really started coming out And but you know he's a leader and I have no doubt he'll be around that team in some capacity anyway while he's getting uh, recovered um, you could say that Dalton's arguably one of the best backups to have in the league so in a way they are quite fortunate to have him there 
Um, I don't know. Is there a chance that he could come back right at the end of the season in some very small I think it depends role? on the status of the team. Um, I mean, if the team are are not in playoff contention, yeah. I mean, with the NFC least, anything is possible, right? It's looking like right now five wins probably wins the division. Um, <laughs> I'm only half joking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think if 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 they're in playoff contention, there's a there's a chance they he could come back. But it obviously depends on his recovery. He's had surgery; it appears to be successful. Um, it was strange to hear Tony Romo describe it as cramp in the commentary. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe he wasn't checking that exact screen at the same time. That was uh, unfortunate timing. Else. But yeah, get get well soon, Dak. Um, it's a shame it's happened to him on his franchise tag year. Um, I know that there were some big offers. We don't know what those offers were exclusively, but this is the risk of playing on the tag versus uh, where well, transition. Well, uh, you know, well, it's the franchise tag, but it's uh, the elite franchise tag. Um, so he gets paid a bit more. So unfortunate for him. Um, We've got to talk about COVID a little bit here. I'm just going to run through these uh, quite quickly, but the Pats game was postponed against Denver. Fourth uh, player tested positive after Cam Newton, Stephen Gilmore, and a practice squad player. Um, don't think the name of the player has been released yet from what I've seen. I mean, it was only 24 hours ago that yeah. this was announced. Um, so their game has been uh, postponed. Um, and then the Titans and Bills could potentially play tomorrow night. That's where it currently sits, uh, whether or not it stays there. Um, kind of have to wait and see on if there's any positive tests today or, or tomorrow. I lean towards not, and I didn't start any uh, Titans or, or Bills players as, as a result because I didn't want to get into that scenario of not having to be able to replace them. Um, what about you? Did you do that or did you start a few in gambling and hoping that it works out? I um, I sat in the same camp as yourself. I took out my Bills and Titans players as well. Um, potentially to my detriment, in, in one of my dynasty leagues, I took out uh, Josh Allen for Joe Burrow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, with Goff and Carr on the bench Ooh. as well. So that was one of my definite uh, fantasy football faux pas for this season. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't want to take the risk either. I think that the... the fantasy community has kind of gone into two camps here haven't they and some jumped the gun and took the players out and then others are holding on to the hope that they do play yeah i, th- um, I think it's an interesting camp a lot of teams and fans are probably going to be kind of not happy about the titans and how they handled the situation um and of course like there's going to be potential um things run up in the air with how the schedule's been changed and you know that's affecting teams who are healthy and have followed the rules as well. Yeah, I'm not going to go through all the scheduling. Uh, I am going to update everyone now on the buy, so everyone can kind of just get uh, acclimatized and, and plan ahead for um, what there is. So Denver's buy has been moved from week eight. They are on buy this week. Uh, the Patriots were supposed to be on buy last week. They're on buy this week as a result. So we'll play um, next week. Um, the Chargers were um, supposed to be on bye in week 10. They are now a week six bye. The Dolphins were supposed to be on a bye in week 11. They're now on bye week seven. Uh, the Jaguars were supposed to be uh, bye week seven. They are now bye week eight. And the Jets were bye week 11. They are now bye week 10. So get a pen, jot all those down. Um, they're all the new bye weeks and go work out where you've got to uh, potentially think ahead and plan for your rosters, especially if you're doing quite well, but we'll come to that later. Uh, Titans have had 24 players and staff combined test positive for COVID. So considerable amount, um, which suggests that obviously there was some breach in their protocols. Uh, the league are investigating uh, that one. Um, one of the nicest stories of the weekend, Alex Smith returned to the field uh, in their second half of the uh, Washington Football team's defeat to the Rams. Um, this came after Jalen Ramsey helmet uh, hit on Carl Allen, knocked him out of the game. I personally thought it was a ejection. It didn't happen. Um, I mean, it was it was a good thing to see, wasn't it? To, to see him go out there, although the performance was a little bit to be desired, I suppose. Yeah, and we, we've seen the story build up over the offseason, haven't we, with the news that he got his all clear and that he could go back to full-time training. And then there was a question of whether Askins was going to stay in and who was going to take over. Um, I think Alan was the 
better choice to take over straight away. He's had recent first team experience with the with the Panthers, um, and I think I think we'll we'll go on to talk about how he's going to be continuing to be that quarterback. Um, but it was great to see Smith back. It's like I say, a positive story in such tough times. Um, I remember from the game watching Smith was warming up, and they had a split screen of him doing his warm up, and then his wife with her. You know, hands on her face. Obviously, she was nervous as well. But what a tough position to go into as well with, you know, the the Rams pass rush and, you know, Aaron Donald as well was not the most comforting of circumstances to head into on your return. Well, not especially in the first series, he decides to jump on Alex Smith's back oh, and oh, yeah. and ride him like a pony. I was a bit like, oh, oh heart in mouth moment. Yeah, he did, didn't have a great uh, impact, but I, I think it was more about the fact he was there than actually what he did. Uh, Ron Rivera has announced today that Kyle Allen will be the starter going forward. Um, so, you know, hopefully that means Smith might get a chance later on in the season. Um, I, I don't think he looked washed up. He, he just looks like he needs game reps and hopefully he can, he can get some now. He's the official sort of, hopefully he's the official number two. I mean, it's a bit, a bit unnervy given the fact that you've got, uh, Dwayne Haskins, he wasn't there. Something to do with a stomach bug or virus or something. Uh, I mean, we're not really sure who the number two is, but either way, we know it's Carl Allen's um, show at this moment in time, but obviously he's got to clear concussion protocol first. A um, couple of other bits of news. Uh, Michael Thomas has been suspended uh, by New Orleans. I say suspended. Uh, he's just not going to play in tonight's Monday Night Football game because he punched rookie Chauncey Gardner-Thompson in practice. Um, I didn't realize Greg Williams had come back to hmm. uh, New Orleans and bought the bounty scheme back, and I didn't realize it was against our own players, but I guess they did. Um, <laughs> uh, that's a, a strange one. It just seems to not fit in with Michael Thomas's character for what I know of him personally. No, we've seen a few stories about Michael Thomas pop up, um, and this incident has kind of brought those stories back to the service. He had that big dispute with Devontae Parker on Instagram, um, there were stories about him being, um, well, he was belittling Eli Apple when he was in college. Eli Apple was assigned to cover him, wasn't doing the job that Michael Thomas would expect him to do. Uh, and yeah, that's not really what you want from someone who's such a, a big part of a team and a, and a veteran. You want someone who can take a rookie safety and, you know, raise them up and teach them how to improve the game, not you know, intimidate them and, you know, push them down. That's not what you want from someone in that position. 100%, especially he's, he's almost like the face of the franchise with, with Breeze and, and Kamara. Um, you know, I think it's it's a shame that that's happened and it's denied him a, a start after being out for the last three weeks mm-hmm. as well. It's an, another big thing. Um, Raiders um, and John Gruden hand the Chiefs their first loss of the season. I thought they, they did mm-hmm. an excellent job. Um, really, really good performance. They were, you know, double-digit lead down in that first half and did well to pull it back. Some some really big shots from Derek Carr. He looked very good yesterday and definitely one of his better games uh, in, in the NFL for sure um, to silence Mahomes. Uh, and the Chiefs, they get their first loss. The Seahawks' first team to make it to to 5-0. and oh. There's a couple of other teams still unbeaten. The Titans, of course, because they've not played. Um, the Bills are still unbeaten. So one of them is going to, when they eventually play, will will lose their unbeaten status. Um, the Packers still unbeaten as well. So there's still a few teams out there who who could dethrone them. And Steelers, I think they're 4 and yeah. oh. They are so there's a few out. few teams, yes. Yeah, so there's still a few teams out there unbeaten, but Seahawks are the first to get to that that sort of five and zero number. Um, the last bit of news concerning McCaffrey, since you're a Panthers fan, that he it's gone under some tests today to see results will be out Wednesday to see if he can return this week. He is eligible to come off IR this week if fit. So that will be an interesting result to see what happens yeah. for that backfield, and that's uh, if you've got Mike Davis or if you've got Christian McCaffrey you're going to have to be glued to that news from Wednesday onwards to see how that situation works out. I've got no doubt that maybe first game back, given how well Mike Davis has done, they may be split carries and then the workload will go back to McCaffrey. What are your thoughts? You watch the team a lot closer than I do. Yeah. So when McCaffrey went down, I think we, we covered this a little bit on one of the podcasts last week. And when McCaffrey went down, it kind of smacked of when Cam Newton went down with his injury last season. And, I felt as though the Panthers lost their way in the direction they were taking their offense because they lost such a big part of the team. 
And this time around, I think the Panthers have dealt with McCaffrey's loss really well. And they've realised that one man doesn't make a team and they've had to use all parts of it to get things going. You know, Bridgewater, Davis has had less of a role than McCaffrey would have had, but it means that everyone else has got more involved. And I think that team ethic has moved the Panthers to those three wins. And it, it'd be nice to see, nice to keep that in when McCaffrey comes back. Well, yeah, I mean, let's get this right. That They're 0-2 with McCaffrey. They're 3-0 and without him. I mean, first of all, anyone that would have thought that the Panthers would have rattled off three wins, I don't think anyone, I don't think even the most optimistic of fan would have expected uh, Carolina to, to rattle off three wins, and especially without McCaffrey. But I think that's right. I think there definitely has to be some consideration to keep um, not just Davis, I think Bonifon in that that sort of limited role that he's had, I think has also been really effective. I really like Bonifon. I think he's a, a top player. Um, I think that's a really good backfield. Mike Davis, I've always liked Mike Davis. I liked him when he was at Seattle. I thought he was an excellent back that I think probably could have challenged Carson a bit more, but then you had Penny, you had a lot of backs there. They let him go. Didn't really do it in Chicago. Didn't really get a chance. Um, so I'm glad to see him um, thrive and and do a good job because I, I do think he is I think for me he's on that sort of borderline of it's about five players who I think are backups who could start in the NFL Matheson, Pollard, Latavius Murray. Murray I would say so yeah, um, yeah. I think Carlos Hyde you, you could argue that um, given that he started last season uh, but I put Mike Davis sort of right up there in that sort of group of players, given what he has done and, and that he's so good with his hands and he, he offers you a dual threat. So yeah, um, good to see what would happen. I hope Mike Davis stays relevant and fancy relevant because uh, I spent quite a bit on fab to, to accumulate wins. It's worked out well um, and I'm glad I did it, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to stay fancy relevant, but no, I'm not getting the same player getting back. And that takes us nicely segues to how to attack the rest of this fantasy football season. And there's a lot of different scenarios. I'm going to break it down into sort of three scenarios and we can discuss this out. Um, And of course there's COVID, there's moving buys. There's a lot of things you've got to think about. So let's talk about this from, if you're going to be at the end of tomorrow, five and oh, four, one, if your team is in that state, how would you start to tackle planning for the rest of the season? What, What are some of the things that you think that, um, you need to do to in order to sort of push towards the playoffs and get those remaining three, four, five wins that you need. Well, I think the one of the articles that you actually produce is a is a big help to a lot of people out there. The waiver wire, um, you know, waivers have been so very important this year. You know, plenty of players have had to step up with what's happened. There's been a lot of injuries, in game injuries that have happened, and the COVID list has added some extra consideration this year as well so it's about it's adding that extra dimension about who you have to take you know with the buys moving as well you have to really think on your feet and you know a 5-0 and o team might well be affected by some of these things that come in so keeping your team fresh is is really important yeah i i completely agree i think if you're sitting a five and i four four one less so but depends on how strong same super right how strong that four one is if your form one, you're in the top two, three point scorers is very different to your form one and you're in the bottom four point scorers and you've just had good matchups and that little bit of luck. That's the difference. So five and oh, you're five and oh. Um, I would say that the difference is you can afford to look forward. You're going to assume that you're going to win the games to get into your playoffs. People talk, put this emphasis on getting the number one buy. I'm not so hooked on getting the number one seed. I'm just not in playoffs. It doesn't matter. Um, the amount of times I've won playoffs is the three or the four, or the, even the five seed. Like, it's just, I've won them more from there than the one seed. Um, so I think you can afford to look forward. So I'd be working the waiver wire. I wouldn't be, I've put some waiver wire people out there that are gambles. Dearness Johnson this week was a gamble. It didn't work this week. It might work next week, but that's fine. I think you don't need to take those gambles. There's this slam dunks, Mike Davis, Alexander Matheson this week I put in. I think for me, they're slam dunks. I think they're, they're people that should have been owned. You can see they're going to have a big role. Um, and those players should definitely invest in Chase Claypool this week's another. And that's fine. 
don't overly spend. Don't don't go all in to get those players because you can afford to not have them. Chances are those players might not even start in your teams if you're five and zero. So work the waiver wire. Be conservative, but. I'd be looking ahead. I'd be looking at those buys. I'd be looking and saying, right, I've got now, due to all these arranged errors, I've got a nightmare week eight. I would start working on that now. You can afford to lose a game over the next three games to get that sorted um, and beyond that. So I definitely think that's important. Um, I think the other one is as well, is you'll you'll have a a top, top player on your bench who you're not playing. Um, T.Y. Hilton. maybe Jarvis Landry, maybe someone like Brandon Cooks who who came to the party this week after I called him out in the start six. Really did. Might have been watching. Yeah. I really, really went to town. I look a bit stupid now. Um but I think if you've got a player that that caliber in your leagues on your bench that you know you're not going to play, you don't trust them to start, flip that player. Flip that player. Go get some pieces that are going to help get a secondary quarterback. We've just seen what's happened to Dak Prescott. That could happen to anyone. If you can get a, a top 12, top 14 QB, maybe get a tight end who's serviceable beyond uh, you know, the rubbish that's out there. Um, I, I would start looking forward beyond the regular season. I'm not saying get cute and do crazy things, but look at your buys, look at where you can continue to just chip away, get some wins, get into the playoffs, save the fab, the big, big money in the fab for that until you really need it until you get a really big hole definitely if you can get a play on a steal um if you can get uh alexander matheson for 15 percent of fab or 20 percent of fab i would do it don't go and bid 50 percent of fab because you just you you need that money for later on for when you get an injury that you need to replace um that would kind of be my advice what about if you're you're on the cusp you're three and two two and three still in the mix you know you're not out of it you can a couple of wins in a row and you're right back in it what are some things that you would you would do to to really sort of get you back into the playoff conversation so it really comes back to the, the fab that you just mentioned as well like if you were like me you didn't make knee-jerk reactions in the first few weeks getting those players with the big money um so if you've still got that extra capital left then you might be able to afford to try and take some of those risks mm. and find the players that have got some of that upside, you know, might necessarily not have a big flaw, but, you know, if, if they've got a good matchup and there's a chance that they are going to get the points that you need to win that next game, then, you know, you could take a risk. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, I, I, I went all out in a lot of leagues and bought a lot of Mike Davis because I wanted wins on the board. Um, and it's worked um, because I'd rather be sitting in that 5-0, and 4-1 and one camp knowing... I've got the wins to bank to get in because I know once I get into the tournament, anything can happen. Um, but I agree. I think you, if you're sitting there right now at three and two, two and three, and Alexander Madison's on your way for a while, I'd be going 30% to make sure I got him. I still wouldn't go all the way. Chase Capel, I'd be bidding, you know, maybe slightly over. I wouldn't go all in, but I would, I would definitely be making some bids on these players for, for that reason. Cause anyone that can win you some weeks now, really important. And I think you've got to look at the next four weeks ideally the next one to two weeks because you can't afford to lose too many in the next four weeks so in the next one to two weeks focus exclusively on those next one to two weeks look at your buys look and see if you need to make any adjustments don't look into the the playoffs don't think i need to save fab for the playoffs you've got to get there um spend fab don't go ott but definitely spend up on fab Definitely go and get players who are going to make a massive difference to your team and find a trade partner. If you're stacked at running back and are lacking the wide receivers that are going to get you over the line, go and find a team that's stacked at wide receiver and, and struggling at running back and go make a trade. Go strengthen your roster where it's weak. Because if you can get one piece that is going to make a difference right now to so trading your RB3 for a potential wide receiver one is a trade that makes sense to both parties probably. Um, and when I say a, a wide receiver one, I'm not talking about the elites here, but for me is say someone like David Montgomery, who might be sitting on your bench and going out and getting Julio Jones on paper. That looks ridiculous, but given the scarcity at running back and the fact that you can get a solid running back two performance every week of, of Montgomery. And given the fact that Jones isn't going to find the end zone all, 
all too many times, albeit he's going to make yards. I think that's a trade that makes sense for both parties, depending on the situations of the rosters. So that sort of thing kind of makes is where I'd be looking to to strengthen um, and make a difference because if you can do that, you'll start to carve out some wins. I think it's important not to be not to be boneheaded about the plays you've got as well. Um, and this might come into play a bit more if you are on some someone like one and four or zero and five. If you need to lose one of your players to to fill a position that you're struggling at, then make a deal. You know, don't don't rule something out. Everyone needs to be considered in getting you the best players. And when it comes to trading, maybe it's good if you're in two and three to look at those players who are on four and one and five and zero who are looking ahead. So if you can get players who can help you that week, and you can give someone a player who will help them weeks down the line when they need them then that is mutually beneficial for both of you absolutely i think that's a, a really good point is to go and target those teams that are winning who will look to stack their rosters for the end of the season get yourself into the dance deal with the problem later definitely kick it down the curb i would also say now moving on to the one and four and five is you're right you cannot be precious about anyone in your roster um i famously came back from zero and five i traded i want to say i traded zeke but it was a top running back. And I picked up three useful pieces to my roster. I can't remember what they all were, but I had someone that ended up being the wide receiver 13, someone that ended up being the tight end four, and someone that ended up being the running back 20, somewhere in the 20s, high 20s. So running back to wide receiver two, tight end one. That's kind of what I got. And that propelled me from 0-5 to a championship because those three pieces just all came together. Um, and I ended up knocking that guy out in the semifinals oh, of, of, of the playoffs. So really upset him. <laughs> yeah. um, I would say right now, if you've got Christian McCaffrey, I'm trading him. If I'm one and four, oh and five, I'm trading Christian McCaffrey right now. And I'm going to go and get three players on my roster that are going to make the difference. Cause someone is going to pay up for him. Someone has that. And I'd be targeting the five and those four and ones who've got those stack rosters. Don't, don't say, oh, well, McCaffrey's going to power me to a title because he's going to give you, what, a 10 to 15 point a game uplift unless you've lost all your games by like five points. And that might be the case. I'm I'm, I'm selling him. I'm selling anyone. I'm selling him. I'm selling Thomas. I'm selling Derek Henry, although his price probably isn't as good as it was no. in draft season. I'm, I'm selling it in my homes. I'm selling anyone I've got um, that's worth anything. And I'm selling those players now to go and get two, three very, very good players to get me out of it. Because I figure that you can trade away a player who might give you 15 more points in one position. Those three players might give you 30 points across three positions or 25 points. You've got to look at the net gain of what you get. So go out and shop your McCaffreys. I would say as well, if you're in a dynasty league, this is the point now where I'd be selling older players for picks. I did this in a league that Stocks and I are in. We finished two and, yeah, I guess we were two and 14 last year. Two and 14 we were. We won the last week of the season to lose the, to lose the first overall pick, but we ended up getting it because we had it in the trade. So the guy we were playing, we had his first overall, we had the first pick. So we had the first and second pick in the draft, basically. So that game was irrelevant whether we won it or lost it. We still got the top two picks. But we sold all our players. We sold Joe Mixon. We sold Miles Sanders. We sold um, We sold everyone, basically. Everyone went off that roster. And we, we sold it for scrap. We ended up getting five, at one point with six first round picks. Then we traded some of them to move around. We ended up trading one of them to get Russell Wilson. First overall to get Russell wow. Wilson, um, which has paid off like an absolute dream. Oh, yeah, um, we traded another first to get Daniel Jones. Um, we traded another... Because it's a, super, it's a uh, super flex league. All quarterbacks were gone. We then used... Um, we then traded another one to move up into the first, uh, at like another pick in the first to move ahead. And then we traded, we were on the clock. This guy had two, two firsts and two of the first three picks in the second round. And we traded those four picks to move back one spot in the draft, knowing we had the penultimate, the, the, <laughs> the, the draft pick afterwards because he wanted Tua. So he took Tua, we took Herbert with our pick with that first pick. And then we ended up rattling. We had, 
six of the six of the next eight picks and we just stacked that end of the first beginning of the second we just took all these players and so we've got a whole team full of rookies we're three and one this season and we might we're not going to win it this year but we are going we're building it's now a more fun team like we've got a load of rookies we've got all a lot of fun players to have and if you're in dynasty just don't be prepared like don't don't feel like trading a barkley or he's not going to get great value this year but trade an older player um Julio Jones, if you can get anything for him, be a good trade. Trade Michael Thomas, trade anyone like that um, and go and get draft picks. Go and get a lot of draft picks um, and go build a new team. Um, because if you're 0-5, 1-4, you're not winning it this year anyway. No. In season long, it's different. Injuries can help, and but Dynasty is much harder to come back from that kind of... And this is a first year, then it's different. It's like a season long. But if you're in the third year of a Dynasty League or later... You're not coming back from 0 5 and winning it. I wouldn't say so. In in redraft, I think, like exactly as I say, this is the time to pull the trigger and this is the time to get those uh, rookie picks for Dynasty as well because you, you, have, you have more of an idea about where you're going to finish. So make make hay while you can in that in that regard. It's easier to sell now than it is to sell towards the, towards the draft or the end of the season. People will buy now. People will overpay to win this year if they're in a win now mode. Go target those players that... Oh, four and one, five and zero, oh, even three and two. Go target them; they'll pay up. Trust me. Um, the other thing I would say is stop playing safe floor players. Um, if you're one and four and zero uh, oh and five, um, I, for this players with no upside. So you don't want to be playing players who are just going to return. David Montgomery is a prime example, right? I'd rather trade David Montgomery than play him every week, knowing he's not going to deliver me the game-winning weeks I need. Um, I wouldn't be playing players like Zach Pascal. I wouldn't be players like playing players like Ty, uh, T.Y. Hilton, even Julio Jones to a degree. Um, I don't want to be playing players with safe floors. I want ceiling players. Like I would start. Like I had this situation in the league. I was own four, and I had the choice between T.Y. Hilton or Dearness Johnson. I chose Dionis Johnson. Okay, it's not panned out. At the same point, I'd have lost either way. T.Y. didn't exactly have a, a blistering game. I went for the moon. I, I missed. Um, same way, I, I in another league, I started Chase Claypool over... Uh, who was it over? I think I started him over Terry McLaurin. Same reason, I was 0-4. I shot for the moon. It paid off. It's those kind of things. You just have to go for it. You can't be starting players with relatively safe floors, but not a lot of upside. Um, I didn't trust McLaurin over with, uh, you know, Carl Allen in his first game against the Rams and that pass rush. I was just like, the offensive line was like, nah. Just give me Chase Capel. He might do nothing, but I'll lose anyway. Yeah. I'd rather go for it. Take the risk. Um, so that's another thing. So there's some tips. I hope they help people who are in those situations. Uh, any questions, feel free to hit us up. If you want any examples, uh, share them across to, to Rob and I. Rob will give his handle at the end. Um, shoot them across to me, at Murph underscore NFL, and we'll talk them through and um, see if we can find something that works for you. Trade offers, trade advice, uh, anything you want. Right, before we go, um, we've been threatening this for a couple of weeks, but now we've got some teams here I think we can officially call the end of their playoff hopes. So, I've got, a t- I've got a list of seven here. I'm going to leave this. As, this is you as, as stepping in, as bailing me out. You are going to get the call of whether or not to cook any of these or all of these seven teams. So I'll, I'll start with the Jets. 0-5. You're currently projected to have the number three overall pick. Really? Um... Yeah. Are they Are they done? Or do you think that Adam Gaze can lead a miracle and take them through to uh, the playoffs this year. I think that they will miss the playoffs this year. <laughs> yeah. I think we can cook the Jets. I think it's safe to say that the Jets will not be in the playoffs. Sorry, Tom, in in 2020. Um, I, I completely agree. Think, yeah, done. Right. The team projected to have the number one overall pick is the New York Giants right now. They are 0-5. Are they done? Yes, they are done. Um, I've not been the biggest fan of Devonta Freeman anyway. Um, in my research leading up to the season, I found that like his rush yards per carry wasn't the greatest anyway. And 
in the work that I've been doing for my uh, articles this season, has found that he hasn't made much of a difference at the Giants anyway. I actually think there were better options at the Giants before Freeman arrived. Um, I think if the O-line doesn't improve, I think Jones is still in for a tough time as well and they're not going to get any running routes. Yeah, I think the Giants are done for the season. Yeah, I mean, they're in a terrible division. Let's, let's not get this wrong. They are only two games behind the Cowboys who don't have that Prescott. But I fancy Andy Dalton and the Cowboys or the Eagles as, as bad as they've been. Well, but actually, I think the Eagles lead. No, they lost. So the Cowboys lead the division, then the Eagles, then the Washington football team, and then um, the Giants. I think yeah, I think it's safe to say they're cooked. All right. The, the team that with the, the currently have the second overall pick is the Atlanta Falcons, who just fired their coach. What are we saying? Are they cooked or are they still got a chance? No, they've not got a chance. And this is purely down to how competitive that division is and how good the other teams are. It's, it's not a reflection on them. They, they could go on and do really well for the rest of the season. It's just that they've got the Saints, the Bucks, and the Panthers ahead of them at the moment. And it's... Really strange for me to say that because I predicted that the Panthers would be at the bottom of the division at the start of the year. Um, and it just so happens that I think we all did. Yeah. And I, I don't <laughs> think that was. I don't think that was like a harsh thing. I think that was the case of, for me, I think I tipped it. It would be a race between the Falcons and the Buccaneers for second, um, just because of the talent they have. Um, See, so yeah, you're not alone there. I think everyone kind of predicted Carolina would be last, but they certainly are not in this conversation we're going to have today. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, th- I, I think the fact they're already three games behind everybody else. I think that's the other thing. It's it's not like, oh, okay, they're three three games behind the leader, but they could still be in a, a wild card hunt. It's, no, they, they are they're done, uh, 100%. Um, I, I said seven. I'm actually going to add an eighth because there was another team I, I somehow forgot, which is the team we're currently projected to have the fourth overall pick, which is the Washington football team. They are one and four. Uh, I, I mean, I quite like the Washington football team in, in what they've done this off season and, you know, Ron Rivera, you know, great coach did an amazing job at, at Carolina. Um, I think he's come into a team that were having its difficulties already and is, is reeling from a lot of other things. Um, I, I'm hesitant to put them in there. I, I think there are going to be other, other teams in that, that side of the conference that are going to get the wild card pick before them. And um, I really like the defence, but some teams can win on defence if the offence can keep up. And I don't think the offence can keep up at the moment. No, I, I, I'd cook them. I think um, I think it's too early. I, they, they've got a great defence. So I've talked about this before. I think the defence is, is very good. Um, I don't trust Carl Allen to, and, and you've seen him firsthand, I don't trust him to deliver uh, eight wins between now and the end of the season. Eight from Eight from, eight from 10 is effectively what they need minimum to even be in the conversation i just don't see it unless again they fluke the division the, the only way they get to me to get through is is, is they win seven games and, and somehow win the division but I, I don't see it i think i think we can cook them but i do think next year i think they'll have a chance if they upgrade the quarterback position they upgrade that offensive line I, they've got a lot of very good pieces good running back good wide receiver need a second another wide receiver for me tight ends pretty okay um, but if they improve the off- offensive line, the quarterback don't need to do too much on the defense. Good coach, I think they got they're building nice foundations. But I, yeah, I'm with you. Well, Rivera does like a good tight end, so if if uh, he can get someone in the off season or use Thomas in the way that he has at the Panthers, then I think they could be onto a good little outlet there. Uh, I agree. Moving on to the Vikings, they are currently projected to have the fifth overall pick. They are one and four. What are we thinking on Minnesota? Do you think they've got a chance or, or are they done? I don't, I don't think they're going to do it. I mean, look, looking at the, the schedule that they've got coming up, it's going to be hard for the Vikings to turn that swing around, if I'm honest. Um, I was actually talking with a Bears fan the other day and the, the bad news for the Vikings and the Lions, I think, is actually good news for the Bears and, and he thinks so too. He has been watching all those games with uh, you know eyes to his fingers you know, as the game has gone on. He's had his heart in his mouth. Um, he actually thinks the remaining schedule is better for the Bears than it is for the Vikings. And, um, yeah, it's going to be difficult to see a swing with the teams that they've got in there. Um, on the on the, on the the flip side, it's actually a bit of positivity for Chicago in the first time in a few years. 
yeah, no, I, I, I agree massively. Okay, and then just to quickly wrap this up, we've got the Broncos, the Jaguars, and as you mentioned, the Lions. What do we think of those three? Um, hopeful for Jacksonville. Of all those three teams, I think the Broncos have got a lot of injury problems at the moment. You know, they've, they've lost Locke. They've lost Fant, who was a big player for them as well. Um, Cortland Sutton, huge player to lose. Um, if they can, if they can get some semblance of getting those pieces back, then maybe they've got a, a good shot. Um, and then the Lions, just very banged up in the defensive side of things. I really like their running back group that they've got, but I, I think I'd, it just seems to be a place where running backs go to suffer at the Detroit Lions. You know, um, Dandre Swift is a is a lovely lovely pick. It's just that. Adrian Peterson's coming and just taking everything away from him, really. I agree. Um, 100%, I think you're right. I think though it's going to be difficult for them, as we just mentioned, with with the Vikings. And I think the Vikings are a better team than than the Lions. So I couldn't agree more. Um, Well, look, it's been a a pleasure having you on, Rob. Um, We'll definitely get you on more pods, and there might be some breaking news on that over the next week or so. But um, why don't you tell everyone what you've got coming uh, article-wise this week and where they can find you on the socials so they can interact and, and ask some questions for you. So uh, I've been doing the weekly uh, article called Find the Gap, which is looking at a team's uh, defensive strengths and which teams are defensively weak in terms of the rush game and trying to match teams up. Um, one of the recommendations I had last week was the 49ers, who, with most are coming back, did a brilliant job. Um, it's just a shame that they didn't take my advice about hitting Miami's left side, you know, the left side of the offensive line, because that was where most of his run and it's where yeah. the Dolphins are the weakest. So keep an eye out for that. It might give you some good ideas about which Russian personnel will find success against their opponents in the week. Um, I've also been doing reviews of the Vampire League with, with yourself. You've uh, just finished off a game this week against our resident vampire. Um, so keep an eye out for those as well. And then we've also got the Tower of Power, which is something that we've done as a bit of a collaboration. There's been myself and Josh and Pitsy all working together to bring the top 20 fantasy relevant players of the week in terms of half PPR scoring points. Um, in terms of my social media handle, it is at Council Rob on Twitter. And you can find me on there. Um, I'm a suffering Panthers fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to tease him for being a suffering Panthers fan, well, there's not much to tease him about at the moment. Or just um, pick his brain. He's a, he's a sharp guy. He's good with the analytics. It's a it's a pleasure having you on the writing staff. I couldn't think of anyone better to to step in and hold the fort. You did a great job with the matchup pods. Um, those I did listen to, they were obviously shorter, so I had enough time just to steal away from the missus and the kid to, to listen to those. You, you did a great job. And uh, yeah, th- we're looking forward and, and watch this space because uh, definitely Rob will be more and more involved with podcasts going forward. Um, we're just fine tuning some ideas, but you you know, this won't be the only time you, you hear Rob. Um, he's been a great asset as as Pitsy and, and, and all of our writing staff. And do you know what? It reminds me now that if you do fancy writing, you know, Rob, I know you had a journalism career um, degree. Pitsy doesn't. Um, I know most of our writers don't have journalism degrees. Um, and that's fine. We don't want people with journalism. Well, I mean, we'll take them. <laughs> I wouldn't say I don't want them. But you don't have to have a journalism degree. I don't have a journalism degree. Stock certainly doesn't have a, a journalism degree. We just want people who are inventive, imaginative, come up with their own ideas. Uh, Rikesh just recently joined the, the college team mm. and he's he's putting some bets across and he's putting together some really good content. Really good. Um, and the rest of the team, we all get on quite well. The WhatsApp group's quite lively and uh, we'll have to do a staff meetup when, when COVID's done, but we're always looking for more writers. I'd love to get some more Dynasty writers, some more anyone interested in Devi, um, anyone interested in... Um, you know, some more like tape profiles, anything like that. If you just fancy it, got a bit of a passion for it, hit us up on the social, submit us a sample. We'll share it out amongst the team. We'll give you some honest feedback and we'll say, this is really good. Maybe go this way. Pitch us some article ideas as well. There's nothing worse. People say, what do you want us to write? I want you to write what you want to write. And I'll tell you if we got a spot for it. I mean, if you want to come and write a wave of our article, we kind of got that covered. If you want to come and do something that not a lot of people are doing right now or something we're not doing, but some other people are that you think is really good and you've got your own take on it, pitch that to us. Um, 
because yeah, I've, I've, Rob, you joined the staff what six months ago? I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, um, I think it's probably about six months ago to the day. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a magic diary in front of me that tells me when everyone joined, but um, yeah, I mean, speak about your experience because you know it's easy for me to pitch it, but maybe you uh, you you got more insight as to how it's like than than I have. Uh, well, it just just started out with me being recommended to listen to the podcast by Pitsy. Um, we were in a uh, league together and he was saying that he was listening to these uh, two great fellas on the podcasts, uh, got some really good ideas and actually helped him improve his performances. I'm not saying they were terrible, but <laughs> he got some good ideas. <laughs> um, so I started listening as well. And then one day he was saying that he was doing some of your write-ups for your leagues and mm. he was he was getting name dropped a few times and he was like oh getting name dropped on here now and then he got in touch about me uh getting in touch with you too about writing uh, an article or uh, putting the piece forward so i was keen and uh and gave it a go and not look back <laughs> no now you're writing a couple of pieces a week and we're throwing more more at you um I said there, there'll be some news soon about you doing a, a podcast more frequently. And uh, when we're ready to announce that, we, we will um, just fine tune the details. Um, so it's just proof that we reward people who work hard. It doesn't take long. You know, we're not a corporate. Um, we don't pay people, unfortunately, but love to one day give you loads of money, Rob, until people start, you know, buying more merch and more books. I think we're a bit stuck. We don't even take <laughs> any money ourselves. Um, but at the end of the day, if, if you if you're a young person, you want to do this as a, as a living. We have so many guests on who do this as a living. They say, just do it. This is a great platform to do it. Um, in the last six months, um, Tom, Scott, and Ash, they'd be writing for us they now have their own podcast. You're going to have an episode a week, we hope, on on this main channel. Lee now does a lot more scope and other things, and he's going to grow his role. Most of the people who write for us are getting expanded roles as per their time restraints and everything. So if you're interested in doing podcasts but want a platform, we want to write, or you just want to just get involved in a community that's getting bigger, hit us up. That's what it's all about. And who knows, you know, you pitch an idea good enough for a podcast and we'll probably do it. <laughs> um, there's lots more to do. So, um, but it takes time and it just takes honing your craft and knowing the audience. And Rob, you've done that really well since you've joined us. So personally for me and from Stocks, thank you for everything you've done. I look forward to you branching on and being a guest on your show at some point yeah, yeah. When, it, when it's ready to drop. So um, you can return the favor, but um thank you for bailing me out tonight um otherwise i'd have been on my own and people get to hear enough of me speaking on my own on podcasts in the week so um appreciate you jumping on and, and bailing me out well thank you for having me it's been it's been a great experience for me and i think if there's anything that i've learned from my time here is is to just to take those experiences while you can and you know grab them with both hands <laughs> Absolutely. But it's just all about having a laugh and it's just been a great chat. We've not spoken too much uh, except for over message. I've just enjoyed getting to know you a little bit and you know, enjoying your takes as well. And um, yeah, Rush Nation, the rest of the week is Wave Wire Pod will be coming out soon um, tomorrow. And then we've got uh, matchups. We've got loads of content coming out. So, you know, if you're looking to get those dubs this week, follow everything we're doing. Fiverrush.co.uk follow everything we're doing on the socials follow rob especially and pitsy because they're putting out some great content and there's some real things in there that they're doing that will help you tower power this week will be very very interesting Ooh, yeah. uh with what some of the things so get on the hype train early with that um but until later on in the week rush nation keep rushing live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. 
Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.